0: Welcome to Back to the Futures, the official podcast of the Futures League, presented by 78 Sports. My name is Owen Shadrick. Thank you everybody for tuning in, whether you are watching or listening. This is season six of episode six of Back to the Futures. We hope that you've enjoyed our last five episodes and continue to listen for the rest of this offseason as we prepare for Futures League Baseball. Roster announcements continue to flow in as the Vermont Lake Monsters have announced a number of returners including wyatt Cameron and francis ferguson we're excited to have those guys back and the futures league continues to dominate in the college baseball world make sure to tune in for that we also continue to have pete wilk in our hearts as he battles brain cancer the dig in for Pete bracelet link will continue to be in the caption below on this episode we have tj Walker, a former worcester braveheart who is at fordham this season he talks about worcester last summer and his season so far at fordham as well as these many high schools and his journey throughout his baseball career. We can't wait for you guys to hear it, so we're going to get to this interview. Here is TJ Walker. We are honored to welcome on our next guest here on Back to the Futures. He spent the 2022 season in Worcester with the Bravehearts and is currently doing his thing at Fordham University. It's TJ Walker. TJ, how you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you? Doing well, man. And right off the bat here, how have you felt so far this season as uh, you guys are about 14 games in now?
1: Um, so far, the guys are... uh. Picking it up the beginning of the year, it was a little bit of a a roller coaster for us. We felt like nothing was really going our way, playing um against some really really good teams um down south. Start at a Dallas Baptist and Old Dominion, North Florida. Seemed like every time we had a little bit of something going our way, we kind of just got um hit in the gut, and then uh couldn't really get any momentum going. But as of lately, the guys are playing a lot better. Definitely, uh, coming together as a unit, a lot of uh guys stepping up and playing uh huge roles for us that we we needed. With some guys going down, so playing a lot better right now. So the guys are looking good.
0: Yeah, it's always a slower start when you're you know you're coming off the off season. So it's good that you guys are starting picking up now and trying to figure it out here.
1: Yep, absolutely.
0: And I mentioned off the top this summer, you played for the Bravehearts in the Futures League. What was this summer like for you overall? um Worcester
1: was one of the best summers I've had honestly it was honestly just being able to play every day with those guys in an atmosphere like that with a coaching staff that kind of didn't even view them as coaches sometimes or honestly just like teammates they the way we bonded with them it was um it was one of the best summers I've had in a very long time and uh Big shout out to Dion and all the guys behind the scenes at Worcester. They, uh, did a really good job over there.
0: Yeah. And I want to ask about that, you know, coaching is so important in this league and Alex Dion is kind of the epitome of that. How has he helped you in your baseball journey? And what role did he play in that clubhouse to bring you guys closer together?
1: just, the the fire and, the the competitiveness that he brought every day and, um, one thing that motivated me was he, like, he just had a kid over the summer, too, and him coaching multiple teams. He was, like, always at the ballpark, and every day he was the same person, like, bringing the same energy, and um, when you play 70-something games over the summer, like, it's it's really hard to do that, even as a college kid with everything that we're doing, and it was, uh, that's what really got me, was the fire and motivation that he brought every day. That's that's what he did and it definitely that compassion um we definitely felt it in the locker room so that was one thing that that he did that we love about him
0: yeah that's awesome and, and balancing being a dad and a baseball coach is not easy but as you said you know he had that fire and and passion for the game that you know you you see in a lot of coaches but in specifically in him
1: yeah absolutely
0: and this summer, Worcester had plenty of cool promotions and activities that you guys seemingly were always a part of, which was really cool to watch. What, what was it like being part of that? And what was kind of your favorite thing that you you got ex, you experienced this summer in uh, in Worcester? Yeah, that was uh
1: that was something I've never done before doing all that the activities during the um even during the games at times. My favorite was my birthday. We did the uh we did the school game where all the Kids from school took off, and we had like four thousand kids there. We would do like kickball and a bunch of different stuff during the game. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I came out one game in like a pink police car. That was a that was one of my favorites as well. But yeah, all those activities. It kind of with like I said before, playing seventy games a year. It it always made it fun in a way. So obviously you can't do that all the time, but over the summer, it was something I definitely enjoyed.
0: Yeah. You know, we always talk about how the futures league for the players, it's a lot of coming back and developing your craft before you go back for the season. You said it's 70 games. So it's good to get those games where the kids are really into it, or you guys are changing the rules a little bit, or, you know, doing pie eating contests, stuff like that, just to Mm -hmm. keep it fresh. Cause obviously, you know, at school, you're not doing pie eating contests. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what, um, So summer ball is really about just having
1: fun and getting your reps in. So I think that aspect was something that uh, definitely helped with that.
0: Yeah. And one other thing that they did very well was bring out a multitude of jerseys that you guys wore during the season. I got to ask, which one was your favorite?
1: I like the go-to lime green ones Friday nights. Those are my favorites. You knew once you had those ones on that you were expecting a a big crowd and uh, a lot of energy. So I'd say that one was my favorite.
0: Yeah, those, those are always, uh, I, don't, I don't know the word, not like sight for sore eyes, but a site for, it's a, it's, yeah, a, yeah, a great, yeah. it's a great looking jersey. Exactly,
1: yeah. Then you got like the green bases and everything, yeah. It's like one of the ones that the fans
0: look forward to. 100%. And your teammate and fellow first baseman, Gavin Noriega, was one of the many talented players on this team. He won MVP, obviously. What was it like playing not only alongside him, but having that locker room so close? Because it seemed like every time we were in Worcester, you guys were having smiles on your face, having the time of your life.
1: Yeah. I mean, obviously, if you come to one game, you could see, like, how talented Gavin is. Like, it seemed like every at-bat he was either barreling a ball or just missing it. Like, even his outs, you could tell, like, he was taking hacks and – you just got a little lucky getting him out. But the best thing with Gavin was like similar to Dion was the energy he brought every day. Like and that really motivated all the guys as well. Like he's a lot more than just a great ball player. And I feel like that was one thing with Gavin, his energy. And I always say when your teammates are hitting, it helps you more. So that was um watching him this summer was a lot of fun too. And playing alongside him.
0: Yeah, and Gavin, obviously a veteran to the league. You were newer to the league when you started this season, but it seemed like everybody kind of gravitated toward you and him throughout the year as as leaders in the clubhouse and as guys that are going to bring that energy every day. Would you say that?
1: Um. Yeah, I mean, I like just being myself. And one. I feel like with Gavin, too, it's just always being there for your teammates and being yourself every day, so... A lot of other guys in the locker room did the same thing it was it was a really special fun group of guys to be around so i feel like we all just built on each other
0: and earlier in the summer we did have you mic'd up which was pure comedy by the way going back and and listening to that but one of the things you did quite often was talk to the guys at first base And i gotta ask is that a strategic thing is that you're just like looking for someone to talk to when they come to first base yeah it's
1: just it's just me like trying to just talk with somebody honestly it's Nothing strategic, trying to get them off guard. It's just me being my uh, my friendly self, I guess.
0: Yeah, there you go. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Because I've talked to guys previously who played first base on the show, and they're like, yeah, I talked to the guys to get in their heads, and then they'll try and get thrown out at second. I'm like, that's that's <laughs> new, but it's, you know, do, do what you can to try and
1: – Yeah, I'll tell them to, them. like, steal a base. We're uh, trying to get picked off, like, just joking around. But, yeah, I'm never trying to get in their head. It's more just friendly
0: talk. That's good. You you gotta keep. I mean, you gotta keep it friendly. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, exactly. Same with the first base coaches too.
0: Oh, true. Very true. Yeah. Yeah, I think during our Mike up interview, they had players for Pittsfield on first base, and it seemed like you were talking to them everything.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, especially during summer ball when it's a uh, that type of environment. If it's not like a really close
0: game where things are getting serious, I just like to keep it cool. Absolutely. And one person who, well, keep it cool is a big word, but is the GM of the Bravehearts, Dave Peterson, who he does keep it cool with his dance moves during the ninth inning, trying to distract the pitch. As we said, looking for strategy. There's a strategy right there. If you were given the opportunity, would you, Dave, dance with Dave Peterson in the ninth inning in a rally jacket to try and get the team going?
1: Um, I would do it maybe once or twice. I, I don't know how he does it every single day. That's, that's another guy when you talk about energy, like I've never met anybody like peterman he is one of the nicest like most compassionate guys i've i've met um the way he interacts with fans you have to see him at camp so like it was it was a lot of fun he's a super funny guy so i feel like he's like i said behind the scenes before he's he's the man behind the scenes like without him you don't have the Worcester to so yeah i couldn't
0: have said it better myself he's definitely the energy in that in that ballpark every single night and one thing about Worcester you talked about behind the scenes one thing about Worcester in this league that is so special is the involvement and dedication from the top from ownership all the way down and there's no secret that John Creedon loves his teams especially the Bravehearts what does it mean to see that type of dedication at the highest level from a player's perspective
1: it means the world because it kind of just lets you play ball and do what you love you don't have to worry about anything off the field, nothing like that. You're treated amazing. The host families do a great job. Um you treat even when you go out in public, um, a lot of people know who you are. And it's all because of them really. Like we're just we're just college kids playing baseball and they pretty much provide us a huge platform in Worcester. And I mean that's that's why Worcester is one of the greatest places to play. I feel like in the summer I haven't been many places playing summer ball other than travel ball in high school but um the atmosphere and being able to like build relationships with fans because of it because so many of them are coming to so many games it's all just you got to give all the credit to them
0: yeah it's you know they they do a fantastic job and one thing I do want to ask about you mentioned was host families and it's something that seems like goes under the radar during the futures league but they're so important to everything that we do in mm-hmm. Worcester and across the league, it's people that care about the team and care about these players enough to host them for the entire summer. I just want to get your your shout-out for your host family and for the host families around the Futures League.
1: Yeah, I got to give a shout-out to the Jaffe family. They they treated me so well this past summer. They're uh, such sweet people. Uh, I still text them all the time. I texted Sam, text Sam a week ago about um, school and how baseball is going with him. Um, they really just took me under their wing. And, um, I mean, it's, it's hard for a family like that to bring in someone that they've never met before to live with them. So when they do it and they're providing you with food and a home and, and love, like it's, I'm super appreciative of that. And, uh, I mean, yeah, it's, it's tough in the beginning going into a host family for sure, not knowing them. And I'm sure it's the same thing with the host family, bringing the player, but it seemed like, nearly right away I felt I felt at home and that's the biggest thing that you could ask for
0: yeah we appreciate all of our host families and everything they do and that's great that you know that they took you in like that and I, and again as you said it they don't know you they don't these mm-hmm. guys these families don't know these players and they and they take them in and and treat them so well throughout the summer so we could not be more appreciative
1: exactly yep
0: Then I've asked this to a lot of the players on this podcast, and and you will be no different here. How do you believe summer baseball prepared you for your season at Fordham?
1: I would say the reps. I mean, playing 70 games against some pretty good competition, um, just being able to see live pitching, playing in that competitive atmosphere, I would say that's definitely the biggest thing, being able to get those reps against that level of competition.
0: On your bio at Fordham and at your time in Worcester, you played both first base and outfield. I'm just curious, which one you are kind of more comfortable?
1: Um, I would say pretty comfortable at both. First base has been the position I played for pretty much my whole life. But then once I got to high school and I got a little bit faster and not as fat, I started playing more outfield. And um, I would say I, I enjoy playing outfield more. Um. First base can get pretty boring, just catching balls from the infield and outfield, you got to throw people out and run down fly balls. And it's also new to me. So I feel like I'm taking a lot more time out there that and I'm enjoying it out there a lot more. Um, so I say I feel comfortable with both, but um outfield for, for me right now is what I'm working on the most, what I'm playing more often. So
0: when you like before the days now so i'm sure you know what position you're playing kind of going into a new day on the on the field but is there a mentality shift based on whether what position you're playing whether it's outfield or first base
1: um no not really i mean the pregame prep is a little bit different i'm doing my infield stuff when I'm playing infield and outfield if i'm in the outfield um just like my daily routine with the drills i'm doing during bp i'll up in the infield if i'm at first base and then i'll be shagging if i'm in the outfield so it's not anything too different just a little
2: bit different prep hold on we'll get right back to back to the futures but first we want to share a message from our friends at 78 sports do you have kids playing baseball or softball we all know practice time is limited especially here in new england not to mention the cost of lessons and cage time can add up very quickly save yourself time and money by giving your kids what they need to work on their game at home Our friends at 78 Sports can help you put together the perfect at-home training setup. Whether you want to start small with just a tee and a net or looking to set up a full cage with turf and a pitching machine, they have you covered. And I've used their stuff before. I've seen their facilities. They definitely cover everything. The team at 78 Sports design and install hundreds of at-home and commercial sports training facilities. So let them help you find the perfect setup for your space. Visit the 78 Sports website at 78sports.com. That's s-e-v-e-n-t-y the number eight sports.com for a limited time only by just mentioning back to the futures you'll receive a 10 percent discount off your order that's s-e-v-e-n-t-y number eight sports.com now back to your regularly scheduled programming
0: and we're recording this on Tuesday, so we're a couple days after it has wrapped up. But the World Baseball Classic is going on right now, and it wraps up this week. And what an incredible tournament it has been. I'm sure you've been following. How important do you think that is to baseball and, and growing the game? Because people always say that baseball is a dying sport, but based on that, the attention that this has got, it's, it doesn't look like it's dying anytime soon.
1: Yeah, I would. if you look at the uh, Miami Marlins Stadium, I wouldn't say baseball is dying at stadium seems packed and uh i know a few guys that have been to a few of the games and they've said that it, they've never been in an atmosphere that's that's been louder especially after the the trey turner grand slam so um yeah i think it's huge for baseball seeing different fan bases from around the world coming together and and cheering on all these mlb superstars and guys from overseas so yeah i would say it's uh it's a
0: lot of fun to watch and it's definitely good for the game yeah it's great for the game for sure and transitioning to your time at, at Fordham you're now a sophomore and I want to ask from freshman year to now what has been the biggest lesson that you've took in from the many people that I'm sure have been in, you, in your ear uh, giving you advice over the last uh over the last two years
1: um I would just say being consistent with um everything you do and mentally being um mentally is being on top of your game like you have to have a routine with everything you do between the schoolwork, the baseball stuff, the social life, everything comes into play. And with baseball, especially at the D1 level, it's it plays such a huge role in your life. And um, it can get mentally draining very, very easily, especially when you go through slumps and um, tough games. So I would say those are the two biggest things, making sure that you have a A routine every day be consistent and um mentally just being on top of yourself um being there for your guys when they need you and um i would say those are the two three biggest things
0: yeah, you talk about routine and balance, and and we've I've talked with a few guys this season on the podcast about it. What do you what routine do you try and get into to make sure that you you keep up with the school work while also you know keeping your focus on the baseball field and and the social life as you said and everything else that comes with with college normally, not even just being mm-hmm. an
2: athlete.
1: Yeah, um, one thing I learned is sleep. My uh, my trainer has stressed out a lot to us is um, sleep and recovery. So, um, I would say that, and then just go day by day, making sure that like you're on top of your schoolwork, don't push anything, anything back. If you have something to do, just, just bang it out because you don't want stuff piling up. That's when things get really stressful, especially in season. And then, um, baseball wise, I kind of just I like to keep it simple. So I'm not like overthinking anything, get to the feel like a little early, just do the things that make you feel most comfortable, most prepared. And, um, yeah, I would say I would say those are the most important things.
0: Yeah, sleep is definitely an underrated one. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You gotta sleep. You gotta mm-hmm. you gotta get your rest in order to, you know, play every as you said, play every day, practice every day, yeah. do what mm-hmm. you guys do every day.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And as a member of the A ten, you see plenty of futures league competitions spread across the conference. What's it like kind of playing in those games and seeing guys that you've played with in Worcester and played against in the league already?
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty cool being able to see them. It's weird seeing them in different uniforms because you play them so much in, in the futures league, but it's cool seeing um a lot of the guys. A lot of them are succeeded and really tearing it up. So, um, shout out to all them, all the guys from the from uh the futures league. It's um, it's really cool actually being able to see them, and um, seeing them do well.
0: Yeah, and one thing about the Futures League is the fact that it's not just D one guys competing during the summer. It's D one through D three and just an, an immense competition all the way through. So what is it like being a D one player and having the opportunity to play against these D D two, D three guys in the Futures League?
1: Um, it's pretty cool, but um we don't even we don't even really view it like that between the D one, D two, and D three guys, because there's guys that are D three that are one of the are some of the better guys in the league where if you've you're facing the guy and you're like oh yeah this kid goes to a d3 school but he's still throwing upper 80s and spinning the ball really well it's actually even more impressive so i would say that's honestly something that's pretty cool is you're when you hear from coaches there's talent everywhere and then you finally see it i think like the futures league was the first place i saw it personally i would say it's actually uh it's actually really really cool
0: Yeah, and all these guys that are – I've talked to guys from D2, D3, and and they say the same thing. It's great to – like, it's – they obviously take pride in being part of D2, D3s, but it's awesome to get – have the Futures League as an opportunity to face everybody from every division, and it's just baseball in its simplest form. It's not – Yeah, that's spot on.
1: Yeah, Yeah, you're spot on there. Yep.
0: And we mentioned conference play. It's coming up for you guys. What do you have to do to compete in the A-10? Um, biggest thing is just, every team is good. Every
1: team is good. It's not like in the A-10, we have some teams that are significantly better than others where teams that are going to be a breeze. So you got to, uh, eliminate like the, the errors. I would say the free base. That's one thing that, um, we stress a lot at Fordham that we keep tally of the free bases, errors, stuff like that, because that's where that's where you're really going to get beat because the the talent level. It's not like there are guys that are going to come out and hit ten home runs a game. We're below mid nineties by you. Everybody's pretty similar in the A10. So um, just gotta teams that are hot end up going a long way, and um, I feel like right now we're where Fordham is. We're in a very good spot going in the A10 play. So so just keep in, keep doing what we're doing
0: yeah and those games will be super competitive and fun when uh when they come come up in the next couple weeks here and back even further in high school I have to ask right off the bat you're six seven it's listed that in your bio and you played baseball and basketball in um in high school you but you are six seven so why baseball
1: <laughs> um just what I've loved most it's what I've been playing my whole life and um I guess I'm a little bit better at baseball than basketball too. So I guess that's just <laughs> the route that uh I took. So I I do miss playing basketball still. Uh, my roommate, he played basketball in high school too. He was a thousand point score in New Jersey. And he'll, he'll chirp at me and tell me to get my basketball shoes out and play him too. But uh, I would just say that's what I love more, playing baseball over basketball.
0: That's fair. That's mm-hmm. a fair point. Um. Yeah, so – all right, as a basketball player, like, did you? So you were? You said you weren't better than you were at baseball, but what? What was your average? What, what did you average in points?
1: I did all right. I, I averaged like double double. There you like go. Twelve twelve points, ten boards, nothing nothing too crazy. I was uh, just your, just your typical typical big man setting the screens, grabbing the rebounds. So that's nothing they, too special special. Little post game. <laughs>
0: That's what they made in high school right there. That's yeah, what exactly. Before we return to Back to the Futures, we want to share a message from our friends at Zorian Bat Company. Rob Zorian started the company, Zorian Bat Company, in 2003, literally out of the trunk of his car in Davie, Florida. Within two years, he was selling his wood bat line to Major League Baseball and continues to manufacture the highest grade wood bats for Literal League all the way up to the majors. Rob Zorian, founder and president of Zorian, says, I started the company in 2003 to service all baseball players in the United States and beyond. And after 19 years, our mission has not changed. We are very excited to have the opportunity to work with the Futures League and wish all of our players and coaches a healthy and successful season ahead. For more information about Zorian, visit their website, zorianbats.com. Zorian, America's baseball brand. Now, back to Back to the Futures. So you were quite the high school athlete as we mentioned, and baseball in particular, you attended multiple high schools, but I want to ask about one high school in particular, which was P-27 Baseball Academy down in South Carolina. What led you there and how important was it for you to attend a school like that before hitting Fordham?
1: Yeah, so um, P-27 was a school that I knew a little bit about, but they they were new at the time. They've only been around for a few years. Um, One of my good friends, Cam Leary, Went to a P twenty seven for his senior year, so that's how I kind of knew about it. But um, yeah, COVID was a was a was a factor definitely because we were my junior year, our season got canceled, and we really didn't know what what our senior year was going to be like. Especially at a private school, we had a lot of um, kids traveling to school, a lot of commuters that were dorming on campus, so they were a little bit stricter with their rules. So that's one thing that kind of made me think about possibly transferring um from my senior year. But I would I would say the biggest thing was P27 was the the competition that we faced and me knowing that I would just I would reach my full potential as a as a baseball player there, training seven days a week. We played probably 80 something games um down south. And really it was it's like a baseball player's dream going down there. You you really don't do much schoolwork. It's you're training every day. You're practicing every day. You have, like I said, we play like eighty games, and um, the competition level is is insane down south. So I would say that was the biggest reason why I transferred was to prep me for the next level, and also just because for my senior year, I wanted to really just focus in and uh, give baseball like everything that I had pretty much.
0: Yeah, and that must have been a big transition for you from going from, we'll talk about Stony Brook in a minute, which is the high school you used to go to, but going from there to P27, just a pure baseball academy, that must have been a big, kind of big flip.
1: Yeah, it was, it was pretty, um, it was a wild turn, I guess you could say, because I had to move all the way down south, but at the same time, I was living with pretty much three of my best friends. They, uh, Two of them transferred down there and then one of them I Rob Evans I didn't know before him but we pretty much still talk every day to this day um I mean yeah moving moving to a totally different state and focusing all the time that you have on baseball was uh it seems like a huge adjustment but it was like I said it's a baseball player's dream you got to uh do what you love every single day and and that's it so
0: yeah that's what you want right there for sure yeah and we talked about Stony Brook in, in there a little bit, but when you went there, you had one, an incredible year uh, there, hitting 484, and it ended with you as Player of the Year and Playoff MVP. How did that make you feel, kind of getting those awards and and hitting the way you did, and what was your time at Stony Brook, like?
1: Yeah, Stony Brook, that was, uh, being able to top off my career at Stony Brook with those awards, were. it was pretty special. We also won the, uh, the league championship, and that was like, the first time we've won a baseball league championship in pretty much forever, so um, be able to come in and and help those guys and uh looking back at looking at what they're doing now with I know they have Jaden Stroman, um, Marcus Stroman's brother there. They have a handful of Power Five commits there, um, playing right now. They're traveling. They were in Georgia for for a uh, spring break, so that's that's one thing that for me, I feel like extremely humbled. And I love looking at is seeing where Stony Brook was before me and, um, Joe Wozni, he was at UConn before we were there and seeing where they're at now. It's, it's like remarkable, honestly, the, the way that the baseball and even like their basketball program, their, their athletics are taking huge strides. And, um, being able to see that is one thing that I'm extremely like humbled and excited about because I still I talk I talk to Dan Hickey their athletic director all the time um Dustin Monez their um one of their coaches he was the head coach when I was there I still talk to him a bunch and I guess just seeing that transact the transition was it's super special
0: yeah, and that led perfectly into my next question, which is about that league championship that you guys won. And you said it was the first one in a while, and you were a part of that. What did that mean to you?
1: It meant it meant a lot for um for a lot seeing the faces of all my teammates, the guys that were there for for years. That's what that's what I love the most about it. Seeing them happy and competing, and the energy that they brought that that's what made me feel most special about it. And um. Yeah, it was definitely that's definitely a moment I won't forget. That's awesome,
0: and you also dabbled in the pitching game a little bit in high school, hosting posting a seven eighty or seventy ERA. When did pitching kind of come off the table for you, and did you ever want to be a two way player?
1: Um. Yeah, I did. I I was recruited to Fordham as a two way. I I pitched pretty much my whole life, started at thirteen, and then um. I slowed down a little bit my senior year when I went down south. That was mainly because we had like 20-something dudes thrown in the 90s. So I really didn't I didn't really need to pitch a whole lot. But um yeah, I came into Fordham. I, I even pitched at Fordham. I um threw my freshman fall and then I ended up breaking my hand. So I kind of shut that down and then I pitched again this fall, and then I ended up tearing. I have a slap tear in my shoulder right now. So I um I'm doing rehab and stuff with that right now. So I can only play the field. I can't pitch. So, um, yeah, I was recruited as a two way and I threw out them too, but I just haven't got around the throne pretty much in game. And I really don't know what I'm going to do with pitching in the future. Now that I've gotten hurt, but, um, yeah, we'll see.
0: So you said that in your shoulder, does that affect hitting and feel? So you said it doesn't affect fielding. Is that hitting at all? Or is that just, is um, it a no, it injury? doesn't
1: affect hitting. So I have a, it's actually pretty common. I have a, I have a slap tear in my shoulder. And then, um, I uh I pretty much had to just get a cortisone shot, and I'm on like medication to help with my inflammation because the inflammation is what is um giving me the pain when I throw. But I've been throwing the last two three weeks, and I'm doing outfield stuff now, and I still have the tear in my shoulder. But because of the rehab and the treatment I'm doing, I I don't feel any pain. So
0: yeah, that's good that that's not affecting your hitting. Obviously, with the season being where it is. Yeah. Right now. yeah. And I got a couple more questions before we wrap up here sure. and including this one, what has been the most influential part about summer baseball for you, whether it's something you learned or something you experienced in Worcester this past summer? Cause I know you've been a part of multiple summer baseball leagues as well.
1: I would I would say the fans at Worcester um, pretty much every game you're having people come up to you. They, they know, they know who you are. Um, they know your name. They're always asking for autographs and pictures running camps, and um, being around all the guys, even like meeting parents, and they're like, "Oh, thank you so much for for everything you do." Um, it's super humbling, and it's it makes you realize like baseball is just a game, and there's a lot more, lot more to life, pretty much. And just that's one thing that I've never I've never experienced up until last summer in Worcester was playing in front of a fan base like that, and I thought that was super super cool
0: and um also very motivating as well yeah that's awesome and final question here what is your favorite all-time baseball memory
1: winning cooperstown dreams park for sure i was 12
0: all right talk about that that's awesome right
1: um yeah i mean went to cooperstown it was last week before school i remember and um I was playing with the Long Island Sharks at the time and went to Cooperstown and we pretty much mercyed every single team we played. And um, yeah, I pitched in the championship through a one hitter, I believe. And I hit two home runs and we ended up mercy. We beat the team by like 12 runs in the championship too. And the stadium was packed. And as a 12 year old, that's like the ultimate like baseball dream. Like that's what every kid wants to do is go to Cooperstown and win it. So being able to go there and pretty much absolutely destroy it with all those guys I've been playing with for years. That was, that's by far the greatest baseball memory I've had.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. That's, that's one for the ages right there. Yeah. TJ, this has been great. Thank you so much for joining us today. Best of luck with everything going forward at Fordham. And we look forward to hearing from you soon.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on.
0: Of course. And this has been season six, episode six of Back to the Futures, the official podcast of the Futures League. We have new episodes coming out every Thursday. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see everyone soon.